This is the Saturday Morning Serial Podcast. Hey everyone, and welcome to another episode of Saturday Morning Serial. I'm Amanda Ann, here with Mike, and today we are talking about a film that I was excited for, for 2022, which is Disney and Pixar's new movie, Lightyear, which is now out in theaters. And this movie, for me, kind of fell through the cracks, I'm not gonna lie, for this year, because... We had Doctor Strange come out, we had Thor, and just the excitement over the Marvel films that this movie kind of got lost in translation for me. So when we saw it last night, which was Thursday, Mike and I really enjoyed it. We liked it a lot better than we thought we would, especially Mike. I know you went in with low expectations, right? Yeah, I really wasn't expecting much, and after Pixar's more recent movies, especially the ones coming out to Disney Plus exclusively, I've, I had low expectations, and I was pleasantly surprised about the direction that the movie took and the twists and turns that developed as it went along. Very surprising film. Yeah, so far it has $5.2 million in box office sales, and that's just with the previews alone. And according to Hollywood Reporter, they're expecting this movie to make a gross of 70 to 85 million over the weekend, which I can see that they're heavily marketing this movie right now. I just went to McDonald's and I got a Happy Meal, <laughs> got Izzy as my toy. Um, but yeah, there's like so much going on with the marketing team. And we're going to dive in a little bit here um, in a second for the cast, but this movie was directed by Angus McLean, and he's one of my favorite Pixar directors because he just knows the Toy Story characters. Like, I don't know what it is about it, but he just, he knows their personalities and he gets it. And that's why I loved Buzz so much in this movie, because there was a lot of great parallels between the toy Buzz and the action hero Buzz. And this movie was actually really much needed, and it starts right at the beginning that in 1995, Andy went and saw the Buzz Lightyear movie, and then he bought the toy from this movie, and this is that movie. So I really liked that introduction, and yeah, I don't know, it was just, what do you think, Mike? I mean, overall, it captured Buzz as a character, it gave him more depth, because, like you say, with the toy, he doesn't really have much of, like, a personality. He doesn't really have much of a, like, a interesting background, I guess. Yeah, I always rip on the Buzz Lightyear character because the only shtick they know how to do with him is to turn him into, you know, the make, the wannabe Buzz Lightyear. And they did that in the first movie, and then they repeated the gag in the second movie with a different Buzz Lightyear. Um... And then the third movie, he, he forgets who he is again and becomes the Buzz Lightyear of this movie. And even in the fourth movie, he's just going along, pressing his buttons, listening to Inner the voice. quotes of of the the movie Buzz Lightyear. And it's it's like, can this guy get like a, a personality or an, a character arc or, or something? Like, why does he have to have the same shtick? The whole time so this movie i don't feel it was necessarily needed and i didn't really care for the prologue of the movie explaining like it was a movie within a movie but uh yeah like the movie surprised me it's it uh it definitely feels like it added a little bit more to the toy story universe as 
Miss Potato Head. We all know what Miss Potato Head is. We all have our own piggy bank. Slinky was a thing before he was in Toy Story. Like all those characters had the had their backstories, and the original characters for Toy Story never did. So it was interesting to see it. Yeah, I mean, I honestly, I get what you're saying, and I see your point, Mike. But I mean, you guys know I love Toy Story, and Buzz always has a special place in my heart. I love that he's with Jesse. And I was just telling Mike in the car, too. I love how much Buzz, he just tries. He, like the toy Buzz is what I'm talking about here. He has his own, he develops his own personality after he learns that he's not a toy. And that's what I really liked. And he just tries. He he goes along with Woody and he eventually falls in love with Jesse, which I love. So... I mean, that's just my opinion, though. I love the character, and I love how this new, what we're going to call, even though it's a CGI movie, we're just going to call it the live-action Buzz Lightyear. I thought it was really great. So, moving on to the cast, and, you know, right when this movie was announced, I also, on my personal Twitter, because I, I tweet a lot of, like, random stuff, people were, like, trying to argue with me that, no, Tim Allen should have been the voice of Buzz this time around. But guys, like, well, you got to remember, this is a different Buzz. It's a whole different character, a whole different guy. So Chris Evans was, I feel like, a perfect fit for this role because I know you can argue and say like, oh yeah, he was Captain America. But yeah, maybe that's how he got the role too. But there were times when I was watching the movie, I didn't hear... Tim Allen. I didn't hear Chris Evans. I heard Buzz. Like, I heard the Buzz I knew and loved. And I don't know. I just, I feel like his casting, the casting decision for him was great. And we also have Kiki Palmer as Izzy Hawthorne, Peter Son as Sox, and Taika Waititi as Mo Morrison. <laughs> Taika Waititi was such a great addition into a Pixar movie because <laughs> of his humor. And his accent like he's not afraid to say his accent's hilarious mike what do you think of the casting uh yeah chris evans of course you can't unhear him as captain america but this movie does a really good job of uh avoiding that and and making this buzz his own character and of course uh taika watiti is is great as he always is in his roles and animation is just such uh, untapped well for improv actors because you can just go on and on in the booth and then they can edit what they want and they can animate you to extremes so it was a great role for Taika and I really hope we see more voiceover work from him in the future. Okay so this next part we're going to talk about we are going to start talking about spoilers so spoiler alert if you do not want to be spoiled I encourage you to click away and go see the movie. <laughs> so moving on to the storyline. And this was where I'm like, how are you possibly going to make a story based off Buzz and Zerg? Because I always saw that, like, especially in Toy Story 2, as like just a Star Wars knockoff. So at first I was like, okay, how are they going to make this different from like Star Wars films? Because, you know, Zerg was like, I am your father in Toy Story 2 and whatnot. And you know, Buzz is just so, like I said, the toy Buzz, he tries so hard and he's just, he's so kind and heroic. And you see that a lot in this live action Buzz in this film. 
But he also has a lot of emotion and depth to him, and I love it. And he's a cat person. <laughs> so with that in mind, the movie starts with time travel, basically, right? Time dilation, to be precise. So this movie explains that as you travel through space and you approach the nearer, closer to the speed of light, the faster you go, for the destination which you leave, will time will remain the same, but you going faster will travel into the future. So Buzz is hopping after marooning this entire space colony onto this hostile planet. He makes it his mission to test out which uh, crystal crystallic fusion crystals will give them the best hyperspace jump. So as he's testing out each and each flight, he's he's going years and years into the future, and eventually things get so far into the future that he doesn't recognize anything about what the original mission... The colony doesn't recognize anything about what the original mission was, and everyone has grown and developed their own lives on this planet. Yeah, and one thing I found interesting about this whole aspect was Buzz was so focused on the mission that his best friend, Alicia, she was aging. She got married, she had a baby, and she passed away. But ultimately, she lived her life to the fullest, and... I, I don't know if it was like a direct indication of this, but I thought Buzz indicated over the fact that, oh, you know, he his only thing he cares about is finishing the mission and getting his people home. And that kind of shows like, you know, Buzz never really had a life and he never had a chance to develop any relationships outside of having Alicia as his best friend. So in a way, he is alone. And I think that was just kind of his, he's, he's married to the whole Star Command, the whole mission thing. So I found that a little interesting as well. And Alicia Hawthorne, she was a great character. Commander Hawthorne was her name. And she's Buzz's best friend and, you know, kind of like his right-hand man. And she just ages every time she comes home. And Buzz has to deal with that over the fact that, like... He really doesn't have anything to come home to. Just her. And she's aging. And she's going to die, like, ultimately from all these missions. Like, he comes back and time just keeps on going fast. But one topic that I would really, Mike and I both really want to cover, because we do want to give people a safe space in our podcast, that there is a lot of, I mean, it's it's diverse. Like, you got people, you got people of color, etc., but the LGBTQ plus is included as well. And Alicia is lesbian and she has a wife and they have a kid together. And the biggest thing we are seeing, and this is kind of making us mad, <laughs> actually not kind of, really making us mad. The people that are knocking this movie, they're having a fit over a 0.1 second peck on the lips between the two women. Guys, come on. It's 2022. Like, wake up. But ultimately, yeah, I mean, it's just, I see people, Chris Evans posted about, like, come on, guys, like, whatever. And people are, are quoting the Bible or saying I'm a follower of Christ, which, like, that's cool. Like, that's your religion. You know, you have every right to believe in that. But we just got to bear in mind that, you know, 
these are people they have feelings and they want to have a future with whoever they want so like guys please just be mindful that's i don't know what else to say about that yeah and we saw a lot of backlash as well when dr strange came out and there were two female characters who had a daughter uh Mm -hmm. america chavez so i mean just having two women standing next to each other and saying that they're in relationship is enough to anger all of these more conservative uh audience members Mm -hmm. so I mean, Disney is a very conservative company, and even now they're seeing the value that LGBTQ plus communities bring to films and bring to actually making movies and and acting in movies. So, yeah, I mean, these people are here. They're part of our lives. We have to accept them, and we, we have to let go of these old ideas and just embrace new ideas and i think that's what the theme of this movie is about it is about kind of like learning to live with yourself and Mm -hmm. living with the mistakes that you've made and living with life as it comes at you and not just having a singular goal or singular mindset and moving past it that's excellently point uh, put mike because yeah alicia does just that they're stuck on the planet but she still fell in love. She was able to get married, have a kid and grandkids. So I just thought that whole thing was awesome. And shout out to all of our LGBTQ plus friends. We love you. We're a safe space for you guys. So we forgot to mention, so what the second or third failed mission, Buzz comes home. And again, back to Alicia, I think because Buzz is quote unquote lonely, she gets him this cat, but it's a robotic like artificial intelligence cat and socks steals the show i mean i i have my plush socks sitting behind me he talks he's amazing and this cat was i feel like the best part of the whole film (laughs) because it's kind of like one of those things of like oh buzz and his cat like buzz just lives alone with his cat (laughs) so there's that but also, Socks is an integral part of the team because he can do some really cool research in the things and whatever. So finally, Socks and Buzz, they find out a way to get across to what 100 whatever light speed. And this is, Mike, the part where I got a little confused about was when he came back to the planet. There was like, a, what, like a shield or something that was up. A laser shield. Yeah, so he couldn't get back in because the commander that took over Alicia, I can't remember the character's name, but he put up the shield and he wanted to scrap the mission, which Buzz was like, no. So Buzz snuck out with socks, completed this mission, came back to this planet, and crash lands, like, I don't know, some like weird jungle thing. And that's where he meets Izzy, which is Alicia's granddaughter. And he mistakes Alicia or Izzy for Alicia. So, you know, that whole part's really interesting. And then we meet, so we meet Izzy, we meet Mo, and we meet, um, oh, geez, what's her name? Darby. And they form this, like, very... Ragtag. Yeah, kind of team. And it's funny because they test Buzz's patience a lot. And Buzz is just so used to being like, I don't need anybody. And, you know, he... He doesn't like rookies. He made that clear at the beginning of the movie, and he just sees these guys as something below rookies. 
So he doesn't want their help at all. So this whole team was just so interesting and there was a lot of jokes, there's a lot of gags. Um, I really enjoyed the banter between the team members. Um, another thing that I found very interesting was Izzy having space phobia. She's like terrified of space. So Buzz is like, are you kidding? Like your grandma was Commander Hawthorne. How can you be afraid of space? So when it all comes together in the end, this team, they are, they're a team. Like Buzz is like, you know what? I was wrong to judge people. I was wrong to judge these guys. You know, they're amazing, whatever. And then like uh, Izzy overcomes her space phobia and like Buzz brought out the best in all these characters and these characters brought out the best in Buzz. And ultimately that's what I really loved at the end. So we are finally introduced to the villain that we all saw coming, and that is Emperor Zerg. I was so excited. I love Zerg. I, I don't know why. I just, I don't know why I love Zerg so much, but I was so excited to see him in this film. And I remember when they announced this film, I'm like, does that mean we get like a live action Zerg? Like, this is going to be sweet, right? And he's played by James Brolin. I loved the character design for Zerg. I just, I don't, again, I don't know what it is, but I just thought he was just designed so well. And there's a plot twist with this whole thing with Zerg. Because Zerg, yeah, he's looking for Buzz Lightyear only. And we know in Toy Story 2 that he's Buzz's father. But this movie actually took a spin on it. And it is an older version of Buzz that's Zerg. And Mike, you have a whole theory about this. So go ahead and start talking about it. Oh, dear. Okay, so there's a, a small detail in this movie that just really threw me, uh, threw me a loop. And it's when Buzz and his team have some downtime and they're eating sandwiches. But the sandwiches they are eating have meat on the outside and a single piece of bread on the inside. And it's completely different than anything Buzz has ever imagined or eaten or, you know, it's it's not his sandwich. It's not his version of a sandwich that he remembers. Like, how could astronauts screw up making a sandwich? So we come to learn that Zerg is actually a younger Buzz. And what he was doing was traveling back in the time and trying to complete Buzz's mission with him. So, depending on which which of the many theories of time travel you subscribe to, we have Hugh Everett and we have Einstein's theory of relativity. Um, basically, when you travel back in time and you do something that prevents you from traveling back in time, for example, if you created a time machine and you went back in time to when you were building the time machine and you destroyed the time machine, you could never go back, you could never go to the future and destroy your time machine in the past. So the theory is, is that those paradoxes would resolve itself by going into a parallel universe and uh, allowing those possibilities to unfold. So every time my theory is that either Buzz created a paradox going back in time going forward in time so many times, or the older Buzz, upon going back and in, back into time to assist Buzz, 
created a paradox and thus far thrusted Buzz into a parallel dimension that just happens to have sandwiches with meat on the outside. The following mul- following the- me, Amanda? Yeah, I'm just like, the multiverse has come into the Toy Story universe now. <laughs> Everything is a multiverse. <laughs> but yeah, I am following. Uh, so that that's my theory, is that Buzz somehow traveled into an alternate universe when he was either traveling into the future or older Buzz created a paradox and Buzz followed him along into that parallel universe as part of avoiding a paradox. It's just one thing I don't understand is how he so zerg slash older buzz was like oh the robots call me zerg because they can't pronounce buzz so i was like okay so yeah like i understand that he named himself zerg because the robots say zerg so it's like but who created the robots i don't know yeah the the explanation they give uh and the motive that they give future buzz for everything that he has about going into the future and and getting uh technology to go back into the past and amassing this like robot army it it's very convoluted and it happens mm-hmm. all so quickly and yeah. it's really not explained and that was one of the low points of this movie for me was just how well and paced out the movie had been and explaining everything and setting up themes and and character arcs and then this comes out it literally came out of nowhere yeah like we all expected Buzz's dad to be Zerg, but I think at that point I had realized that they weren't going to do a knockoff Star Wars, and they were kind of doing, like, you know, an interstellar or, like, a Mass Effect and drama storyline about survivors on another planet and time dilation and this and that. So, this coming out of the time travel aspect of future Buzz, kind of going in, like, a direction like the movie Looper, it was it was a lot to take in, and they mm-hmm. didn't expertly explain it as well as they could have. I agree with the pacing, and now that you just said that, Mike, I think there was, like, a part where they were, like, fighting bugs, and they went into, like, stealth mode, and, like, they had this big, like, getaway from all that, and I just felt like that part really dragged. And it's like, there were some parts that did drag that I felt like could have been further, um, like, supplemented the climax of the film with zerg because zerg just again comes out of nowhere in a way like there is like an anticipated build-up to him capturing buzz but like you just see zerg so much especially in toy story 2 and like the video games and he's just like this huge villain from buzz and i i just felt like he wasn't in the movie enough i don't know i I'm still trying to work it out. Like, it's only... It's not even been 24 hours since we've seen this movie. Uh, But, yeah. And there was a line, though. And it's funny because I was like, are they not going to say that line? And I really like the part in Toy Story 2 where Zerg is just like, you know, prepare to die and points his blaster at Buzz. And Buzz is like, not today, Zerg. They did do that. And it was awesome. (laughs) Yeah, it was... it, It really did come out of nowhere because, like... Buzz comes into this future and then there's this laser wall up and then there's these robots everywhere and the robots weren't at all foreshadowed in the movie. Like, 
they were talking about the laser wall and their plans for the laser wall, but no one ever brought up, like, robots. Like, it could have been handled differently. It's not what I would have done. Mm-hmm. But it was a bold choice, and unfortunately, it didn't pay off for them. Oh, I just thought of something, too. Were the vines a problem when he came back and met Izzy and them? Like, when the robots, like, when Zerg's robots were on the planet at that time? Like, I don't remember the vines being a nuisance. No, they really weren't. And the yeah. the bugs the bugs were there, but no vines. Yeah. Food for thought. Another thing I really want to point out is the use of... And I don't know where Pixar got... Well, first of all, Pixar got a lot of inspiration from NASA. We were watching the Buzz Lightyear... Um, it was like some behind-the-scenes look on Disney+. Plus, which is awesome. I highly recommend you guys watch it because it gives a lot of... Um, great explanation and whatever into like the inspiration of the story they went to nasa and they really analyzed like the launching pad and just a lot of stuff but one thing i found really funny was the like instant meals they had and how like it's like labeled breakfast lunch and dinner and he takes dinner out and shakes it and it just like poofs and it's cooked i really enjoyed that part that like that whole in Pixar is just so great when it comes to research. They research everything down to like a small nail in something. So, one thing I really do want to touch upon is the animation, the character modeling and the rendering in this film. Next level. What do you agree, Mike? You're the Um, well, the last time we saw Pixar go off in space would have been Toy Story 2 with their opening and then of course Wally and Love Wally. The you know, the planets I guess having a space epic and then throwing it down all on one planet and kind of just having a very familiar jungle swamp type background backdrop, uh isn't really too exciting or too new, but everything always looks good as it does in Pixar, but the 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 thought of the idea that I got to see something new in this movie, uh, not so much. Okay. Now, there were times with, like, the different characters that, yeah, you can see it's, like, a Pixar animated film. But the way they designed Buzz, he looked good. I was like, he's he's attractive, but yet he's, like, a cartoon character. Like, I just felt like at times it was, like, watching a live-action person on the screen so i don't know i liked it um and like i said i really enjoyed zerg's character design as well i don't know what it is about zerg in this film but i and he was huge like i know he's supposed to be like bigger than buzz but like he was like a spaceship (laughs) he was so big so ultimately in the end and it's like i said this dysfunctional team they bring out the best in each other buzz accepts their help and they, the team like Mo, Darby, and Izzy, they really embrace their talents, which I mean, it's funny because Mo, he's so excited about having like a pen dispenser in his spacesuit, but at the end, they find a use for that. So, you know, it's like embracing their little, even the smallest like quirks about them. It's just your good qualities can be put to good use in life. And I love that message. And I love how Buzz just, they have this whole like fun bond now so ultimately you guys want to sit through the whole entire credits and when i mean the whole entire credits i mean right 
all the way past when that Pixar lamp comes on and goes out. There's three credits and one of the credits looks like there could be some more coming. And it was telling Mike, I'm like, I would die if like, like there was like a Woody reference or something because I can see the, like a Toy Story universe happening where they tie like Buzz and maybe like Woody and Jesse together. That's just my fangirl wish. I mean, I know there's probably so many people that don't share that sentiment. I don't even know if you do, Mike, but for sure though, I think there's more Buzz coming. What do you think? Uh, yeah, it was left pretty open-ended that Zerg will return, but at this point, other than revenge, what what could Zerg's motives be? I mean, he was defeated, and the settlement on the planet is going to stay there, so the future that he wanted is, is... The past future that he wanted is gone, so what could Zerg want out of Buzz now? Mm-hmm. So that's a very interesting question to explore in the sequel. And, I mean, as far as what else Buzz Lightyear could do, I mean, he's he could possibly go to other planets. He could he could encounter alien races, which you know the toy, the three aliens from Toy Story. We never saw them in this movie, and that's untapped potential for a storyline. Perhaps you know, first contact with aliens would be a cool story for the sequel. Yeah, because I mean, and I know Buzz Lightyear of Star Command, the cartoon series, it's like its way own thing at this point. I think even people just kind of forget about it. But they had an interesting thing too with like Star Command being like its own like space military. And that's how I always saw Buzz was just kind of like uh, the highest level of authority on a military base or whatever. I don't know. But yeah, like wouldn't that be cool if he like crashed onto Earth like... I mean, we, we all know Earth. We know we're not aliens. But to him, like, Woody and Jesse would be like an alien to him in a way. And maybe Woody and him don't hit it off. And then they become best friends. And, oh, my God, I've read too much fan fiction in life. <laughs> yeah, I very much enjoy seeing uh, Buzz as his own separate thing. And I wouldn't ever want to see, like, Woody's roundup characters in this type of movie. I would for sure like to see a Woody's Roundup movie or TV show possibly and kind of explore the detail on that. That would be cool. But um, yeah, I think space should be in space and cowboys should be in cowboys and unless you're Han Solo or Malcolm Reynolds you really shouldn't try to do both. Pixar, if you ever want to develop a Woody's Roundup series or movie, please let me and Mike know because we will help with the story. (laughs) We have ideas. (laughs) So with that, that will do it for this review. Like I said, I was excited for this movie. I know like yesterday work couldn't go fast enough because we saw it with my parents and my mom and dad haven't been to a movie since way before the pandemic started. Their last movie was actually Toy Story 4. So it's kind of funny how their last movie was Toy Story. And now like the movie, first movie in like two years is Toy Story. So... (laughs) but they really enjoyed it. My dad just texted me like to infinity and beyond like randomly just now. So that's great. So, but with that, I really want to know what you guys think. Please let us know. And yeah, it's just a fantastic movie overall. And if you're the average Pixar fan, you love Buzz Lightyear, highly encourage this movie. I know there's people that have been hanging on my 
review before they go see it because they're like, oh, you love Toy Story. We need your approval before we go, which I feel honored. So shout out to you guys. So next time we are going to cover, I believe it's Obi-Wan, which this past episode, this last, oh God, it was so good. So good. So, you know, and I can't believe there's one more episode left. It's kind of crazy. Also, though, shout out to the Miss Marvel series on Disney Plus, because I feel like that is getting swept under the rug with Obi-Wan. Do you agree, Mike? Yeah, it's kind of being, um, it, well, it's still going to continue on after Obi-Wan is over next week. So mm -hmm. hopefully it will come into the spotlight more because I really do enjoy going up to my Pakistani co-worker and, and talking about <laughs> this series. Like, legitimately, no joke. Yeah. So it's great. It's great to have something to talk about with someone you don't have so much in common with. So thank you, Miss Marvel, for that opportunity. Yeah, honestly, I wasn't too excited for this movie. For me, it looked like like your average Disney Channel type of movie. And I was like, ooh, Marvel's going to like put something out that's like Lizzie McGuire level. No. And I love Lizzie McGuire. Do not want to discredit that at all. I'm just saying they're just like completely two different like worlds, right? But I really like the representation of the like Muslim Arab community in this show. And it, it gives me a really good glimpse into their culture, which is something I am not familiar with. So yeah, A plus, A plus Marvel. <laughs> so with that, I hope you guys have a great week and we'll talk to you next time.